Alright folks, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am joining you uh, at 10.30 at night on Thursday night after free agency has opened and things have seemingly settled down here for a little bit. Uh, one little bit of news did come through, uh, at least officially, over the course of the last half hour or so, but it does seem like the Nuggets are done for the night. Perhaps they do something or some things in the coming days, but for now, it looks like they are mostly done. Uh, I'm a little disappointed, not going to lie. A little bit, uh, little bit flustered, a little bit uh, uh, disgruntled, I would say, based off of the, the amount of work that I put in in trying to identify these good options and good pieces that Denver should potentially be looking for. And then you just you, you start to realize, hey, this is the real world. This is the real world where it is really tough to find a match, to find a player that is willing to play the role that you are looking for at the price point that you're willing to pay them. Denver, they satisfied their starting five. They traded for Kentavious Caldwell-Pope. And they already had Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic in place. All of those guys, like when healthy, they project to play 28, 30 minutes per game, each of them at, at, at minimum. So you're looking at 15 to 20 minute per game bench guys for the most part that you're trying to bring in, or at least that's the role that they see when everybody's healthy. And it's hard to get the guys that you want at the price point that you're willing to pay when there are other teams that can offer just a little bit more. So we're going to go over the moves. We're going to go over what happened over the course of today. We're going to talk about, uh, we'll talk about what I would have done, I guess. And then we'll talk about kind of where the nuggets go from here. And maybe if we have time at the end, I'll go over some of the other big moves that happened in free agency today, though. Nothing really surprised me, I would say. There was no no real fireworks here. Nothing that we didn't really already know. Uh, it was just kind of about putting pen to paper for most of this stuff. But there was one move I think that really surprised Nuggets fans. Uh, it wasn't the Supermax extension that Nikola Jokic just signed, the five-year, $270 million max contract extension that he just signed. I put together the, the numbers kind of offhand based off of some of the reporting. $46.5 million in his first year. $62.2 million in his final year. That number is a player option. I'm going to guess he picks it up. I'm going to guess that that's, that's, uh, that's probably getting picked up. $62 million is the largest NBA contract in the history of the game. And these contracts are only going to get bigger. So it's not like this isn't going to be outmatched at some point. But good for Nikola. Obviously, he deserves every penny. And then the Nuggets made... From one great center to one uh, not-so-great center, they signed DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan, backup center for the Los Angeles Lakers and then the Philadelphia 76ers this last year. They signed him to a one-year veteran minimum to kind of solidify their backup rotation. I would assume that DeAndre Jordan will be penciled into minutes at the beginning of the year. We will see how that goes. We will see how he looks, but uh, Denver is going to need something from him, and if not, then they they might have to go a different direction. Uh, but this is a veteran minimum. Not really surprised that 
they got a player of DeAndre Jordan's caliber for the veteran minimum, but uh, this is not a great signing in my opinion. This is not a signing that we are going to look back fondly upon and say, "Oh yeah, definitely hit that, definitely hit that one out of the park." That was a that was a shrewd move. Uh, no, this is this feels very traditional. This feels very kind of backwards in terms of what the Nuggets should have been looking to accomplish with their backup center spot. They needed some stability, and they didn't need. Uh, they didn't need like stasis, which is what I think DeAndre Jordan is. He's going to be your drop center. He's going to be the guy that doesn't really move that much out there. He's going to go from free throw line to free throw line, basically try to protect the paint a little bit, grab some rebounds. Maybe he'll roll to the basket, finish some lobs, not lobs, but finish like some some dunks off of some open passes. But for the most part, he's extremely limited both in his skill set and in his mobility on both ends of the floor. And I don't think that he's a good player anymore. And none of his last several stops have really, uh, they haven't really dissuaded me from that notion. So I'm sort of surprised that Denver went this route. The other move that they made, they signed Davon Reed to, we, we think it's a two-year contract. I would guess it's in the realm of four or five million dollars, not per year, but total, uh, I'm not sure what the number is ultimately going to be that has not been reported yet. Usually when it's not reported, it's because it's a lower number and they're trying to not put that out there, uh, the the agent specifically. But this is a two-year deal. The Nuggets convert him from a two-way contract this last year, and that's a good thing. That is definitely a good thing for the Nuggets. They add to their wing depth. They definitely needed somebody extra on the wing, other than Christian Brown, other than Peyton Watson. And they got somebody. At least if they if they don't hit on any other free agent signings or trades, then they will at least have Davon Reed where they can kind of fall back on him. Uh, that is a good move. I always thought that it was a possibility that Davon Reed was a better player than Austin Rivers, depending on the matchup, depending on the uh, well, even the skill set just that they needed. Davon was a 43% three-point shooter this last year. Obviously, it was limited minutes. Obviously, it's not necessarily something that he will sustain. But if he does, then maybe Denver has better spacing and better uh, kind of versatility than they previously did. That would be a good thing. Absolutely a good thing for sure. I don't know, though. Uh, it's I, I just feels kind of empty, right? feels like, okay, so the two moves that they make for today, DeAndre Jordan and Davon Reed. Those are the two additions. Uh, they have their roster at 13. It's actually technically at 14 because they extended a qualifying offer to Vlako Chanchar. They have not decided on that yet, and I wonder if there is a reason for that, why they haven't locked him in quite yet. Perhaps they're looking at, in some, at some other options. Perhaps Vlaco's looking for other money that he could potentially get on the open market. Uh, I don't think that he's going to get more than his qualifying offer, which is just over the vet minimum. So my guess is that Vlaco is back at around that qualifying offer. And as a result, Denver has 14 roster spots spoken for. They only have one open roster spot. And... We'll kind of get into what their depth chart is right now. 
uh, just kind of in the next segment and what they should be looking for with that 15th roster spot if they choose to fill it. But as for their first day of free agency, pretty underwhelming. If you told me that the three names that we are going to be talking about in this segment, outside of the uh, the guaranteed Supermax extension that was going to happen with Jokic, we're going to talk about DeAndre Jordan, Davon Reed, and Vlako Janchar. That's pretty disappointing. That's a, that's a pretty disappointing uh, group of players that the Nuggets have decided to bring in. There are very few players that were as hurtful to their team last year as DeAndre Jordan was in his minutes. And though the Nuggets are only going to ask him to play probably 12 to 15 to 16 minutes a game, uh, the minutes that Jokic isn't on the court, that's still not great. You still would love to have a player that you can count on so that you don't necessarily have to panic when Nikola Jokic is sitting out games, when he has to take a rest. If the Nuggets' goal is to get Jokic to the playoffs and have him in peak physical condition at that point, they didn't do a great job with this signing. They are not going to have a good bench. What we have seen from this bench right now, and I guess I guess we should probably save it for the for the next segment, but I'm pretty low on the three signings that they made as a whole. There was supposed to be aggression. There was supposed to be uh, a not maybe not a big signing, but the Nuggets were. They said they're going to try to be aggressive. They said they're going to try to get better. The Nuggets didn't get better this offseason. They got different. They got a better fit with Contavious Caldwell Pope, but they've lost Monte Morris, Austin Rivers, Bryn Forbes, Demarcus Cousins, and so far they've replaced those guys with DeAndre Jordan, Davon Reed, and Peyton Watson and Christian Brown. Uh, that's not an upgrade. That is a downgrade, and we will see if. That is how it stays. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss the depth chart and maybe some other targets that we can uh, really discuss and see if they would fit for Denver. But first, this podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by Superbook Sports. Summer is here and there's no better time to make your first bet with Superbook Sports. Along with its usual vast betting menu, Superbook already has a lineup for every pro football game this fall. Plus, when you make your first deposit on the Superbook app or sign up at Superbook.com, they'll match 100% of your money up to $500. It's never too early to start thinking about football at Superbook Sports. Place your bet and start winning today. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Back, Big Action Roll, Ryan Blackman here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support as always. If you can, it'd be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Five stars, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. That would be fantastic. All right, let's talk about second segment here. Let's talk about the depth chart, where Denver stands right now, what they're looking at. 14 roster spots, as we mentioned. We're going to go through the positions right now. Starting point guard, Jamal Murray. Backup point guard, Bones Highland. 
third point guard Ish Smith, fourth point guard Colin Gillespie. Uh, that is definitely uh, fine. This is a this is their best position from top to bottom. I think. I actually don't think that there's any doubt about that. Um, you feel good about Jamal Murray, but one of the concerns that you have, obviously, so he's probably not going to play 82 games coming off of a torn ACL. He may not play back-to-backs for a while. And if he doesn't play back-to-backs and he doesn't play, let's say, every, I don't know, eighth game from January onward, then that probably means that if he if he avoids getting hurt entirely, then he's probably still only playing like 65 games next year. I wouldn't expect him to play more than that. And there's definitely some thought that Jamal isn't going to be Jamal Murray when he immediately returns to the court. It's so hard for players to get back up to NBA caliber game speed, except especially for stars. Like, those guys, they've been playing basketball at such a high level, so connected with their body, so connected with the game, that for Jamal, when you take him away from the court, he's going to be away from it for about 18 months from an NBA court. That's tough. That is a really, really tough thing. But if he overcomes it and Denver has him and Bones and Ish Smith kind of in reserve and Colin Gillespie uh, in the deep reserve, then I think that's a fine position group. Bones, obviously, you take a little bit of a chance with him as well. Monte Morris was as steady as they get from a backup point guard spot. Bones, Definitely not steady. That's not the word that I would use to describe him. He's a little bit more explosive. He's a little bit more flashy. Defense isn't as good with him as it was with Monte, which, I mean, Bones is like a three and Monte was like a four on the scale out of ten, maybe maybe a five for Monte, but I would say that he still has a while to go on that end in order to really get up to par. And he might develop. He might be fine, but it's going to take some work and his head's going to be spinning from running the entire unit. Shooting guard spot. Cantavius Caldwell-Pope is your starter. I'd say either Christian Brown or Davon Reed, one of the two, will be your primary backup. And then, I guess, Colin Gillespie behind them. That's that's really not Colin Gillespie, actually. Peyton Watson, probably, is who we're talking about. And honestly, it might honestly be uh, – I keep saying, keep saying honestly. Uh, it might be Bones Highland, where you slide – you put in Ish Smith, and then you slide Bones to the two. That might be a configuration that the Nuggets use, especially if Christian Brown isn't ready. Uh, That is a very strong possibility, too. Aaron Gordon. I have have Aaron Gordon as the three and Michael Porter as the four. If you want to flip that, that's fine. I don't really care. The reason why I have Aaron Gordon as the three is because he defends more threes, I think, than the Nuggets actually do. Um. Than, than Michael Porter actually does. Excuse me, sorry. I just want to make sure that that wasn't a, a free agent signing that was coming through. Um, okay, so you've got one of Gordon or Porter, and then you've got one of Reed or Brown behind him, and then Peyton Watson behind him. It's also possible that Vlaco Chanchar kind of factors into this, or Jeff Green, where you maybe move Zeke Naji to the three, Jeff Green to the four, DeAndre Jordan to the five. Oh, God, that sounds, <laughs> that sounds poor. That sounds horrible. Um, but yeah, Denver at this point, they, they've, their bench has definitely gotten worse. And though Zeke Nagy is still their backup four behind 
one of Gordon or Porter, and though Jeff Green probably fills that role as well, uh, that's probably their second strongest position in general is just the the power forward spot. And then Jokic and DeAndre Jordan behind him, those are your centers. It's not a strong roster. That's that's kind of where I'm at with this, is that this team right now, as currently constructed, I think they have less talent than they did last year. And that is not a good sign. That is a really, really bad sign, actually, for a team that said that they wanted to be aggressive, that said that they had big championship or bust aspirations. How is the team worse? How are we worse? Like, this should not be as difficult as it is to put together this level of roster, but it really does start with the OKC deal that Denver made. I tried to justify back then that the Nuggets made that deal so that they could have an extra pick that they could throw around in trades. When they traded Jermichael Green in a 2027 first for the 30th pick in this draft, along with a couple seconds in the future, I thought that they were going to use that 30th pick or the 21st pick to acquire a better player with a trade. I thought it was going to be KCP. That's And, and I, I think we we're mostly born right on that, except the order of operations was wrong. The Wizards did not want the 30th pick in the draft. They didn't even want the 21st pick in the draft. They decided, no, we're going to keep, uh, we're going to keep KCP through the draft. And then they actually, I think, got a pretty solid deal from Denver where they extract both Monte Morris and Will Barton, turning one rotation player in KCP into two with Monte and Will. And Denver, by extension, they turn two rotation players into one starter. Now that one starter, you feel pretty good about him because he has that steadiness that you're looking for on the wing. The Nuggets needed a player exactly like KCP, and they do get credit for delivering that. Don't get me wrong. However, you have to deliver on the depth now. That's kind of where this is at. I feel very comfortable with Denver starting five. It might be the best starting five in the entire NBA. The problem that you run into is when you get into the depth, you start to get into, okay, what happens if Murray misses a game? What happens if Porter misses a game? What happens if Aaron Gordon goes out for two weeks? What does Denver do? How do they respond? Now, they might be fine, especially in the regular season. What happens if one of those guys goes out in the playoffs? Then they're screwed. There, they have a, a very, uh, it, it's like a, it's like a house of cards, where every single piece that they've kind of propped together right now, is forming their house of cards, and it is very fragile. It is very precarious, and I don't see that they have the support underneath kind of that house of cards, in order to make sure that it doesn't fall. The slightest little gust of wind. The slightest little injury, uh, a, a rift in the locker room, a suspension, uh, whatever you want to call it. Maybe it's a slump. Maybe Michael Porter isn't shooting that well for the majority of the year. Maybe he's shooting like 35% as opposed to 42%. And the Nuggets are like, okay, well, you're, you're a subpar defender. And now you're an average shooter. How do we deal with this? Can we play you in the playoffs? Can we survive if you're only giving average level of shooting? Can we survive if your defense is trumping your offense? That is a bad place to be, which is why it was so big for Denver to make the most of their traded player exceptions, of their 
uh, taxpayer mid-level. These are their only resources to get better. They had to hit. This is kind of how it goes when you put yourself into a position where you're kicking the can down the road. You trade for the 30th pick in the draft and you don't use it in a trade. Okay, that's fine. You draft a rookie. Okay, that's fine. So you have to have a plan for somebody else you trade for. Okay, so you traded two rotation players for one. Okay, so you must have some other guy that you believe that you're going to get in free agency. Okay, now what happens if you don't get your guy in free agency? You're just kind of left with a pretty barren roster. Because Bones Highland, Davon Reed, Christian Brown, Zeke Naji, DeAndre Jordan, that is not a good bench. And no matter how much staggering Denver does, and they would they would have to do some staggering for sure, although there isn't like a there isn't a logical place to stagger in this lineup. They'd have to do some staggering, and they're gonna have to figure out just how well this team can fit together with the limited pieces that they do have. Maybe they have to call on Peyton Watson a little bit earlier. Maybe they have to call on Jeff Green a little bit more than you would hope for as he tries to stabilize things. Ish Smith, same thing. It's going to be tough for Denver. I I don't know if they have the right mix here. But the good news is that they still do have this resource. They still do have this taxpayer MLE. It is possible that they sign somebody. It is possible that that player is still out there. Let's talk about some names. When Denver traded for Contavious Caldwell-Pope, when they traded for Ish Smith, they sort of took themselves out of the running in salary-wise and in uh, draft pick equity-wise for some of these other guys, some of these other names. Uh, Names like Josh Hart, Terrence Mann, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., players like that. And then there are also other guys that have gone off the board of late. Gary Harris going back to Orlando, Nicholas Batum going back to LA, Victor Oladipo staying in Miami for $11 million in one season. Uh, you have DeLon Wright. I think he's going he's going somewhere. I can't remember where he's going actually, but he got a he got a contract, I know that. Troy Brown Jr. going to the Lakers for a minimum. Amir Coffey going back to the Clippers for three plus million a year. That's a really cheap deal. Daniel House going to the uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, I think, for the biannual exception. And Jay Sean Tate going back to Houston. So Denver, they've missed out on some of these players. Now, it doesn't mean that all of them are gone. And it doesn't mean that Denver can't satisfy their needs at various points. Gary Payton II, Bruce Brown, both of them are still out there. They're both thought to be a little bit pricier than what Denver can offer at the taxpayer MLE, but both would be extremely helpful. Cody Martin, Caleb Martin, both are restricted free agents. I would be surprised if the Hornets let go of Cody Martin now that uh, Miles Bridges has basically ruined his career with the thing that's come out, uh, his, him beating his his wife. That's uh, That is a, a pretty serious thing. It kind of ruins everything for the Charlotte Hornets specifically, so they are going to have to really pivot here. They probably can't let go of Cody Martin. Now, Caleb Martin, because Miami retained Victor Oladipo, because they still have Max Struess and uh, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and 
James and uh, Jimmy Butler. You might be able to snag Caleb Martin, but I have to imagine that his number is probably still a little bit higher than what the Nuggets could get and could give. Austin Rivers, you could still go and try to get Austin Rivers back. He seems like a player that would be pretty helpful. And another couple of guys that I didn't really think of, but Otto Porter Jr. and TJ Warren, now that Denver has sort of added Davon Reed back into the mix, they have Christian Brown. I think that a guy like Otto Porter or TJ Warren, who's been out of the league for basically the last two years, TJ, with an injury, multiple injuries, it would be a chance to take. But the last time TJ Warren was healthy, he was absolutely balling. And Otto Porter obviously helped win the uh, the Golden State Warriors a title. So both of those guys would be helpful. Gabe Vincent from Miami, kind of in that Caleb Martin category. They're probably not going to be able to keep everybody. Might be able to keep Gabe, you might be able to get Gabe Vincent. Uh, he is a trade target, though, not a free agent. Uh, Matisse Thybul, trade target. They just signed Daniel House. They just signed P.J. Tucker. Perhaps they don't need Matisse Thybul anymore. Maybe they're willing to give him up. They probably still have to do some financial finagling, so maybe they are willing to move on from him. Uh, and then you're kind of in a lower tier. Justin Holiday with the with the Sacramento Kings, he's probably not gettable. Hamadou Diallo with the Detroit Pistons, they're probably not moving him. Though they did acquire Alec Burks from... Uh, from the New York Knicks. And I don't think that the Pistons are going to need Alec Burks. So maybe there's a deal there to be had. The Nuggets did generate a big traded player exception from the deal that they did with the Wizards. Uh, it's the amount of Will Barton's salary, which was $14.375 million. The Nuggets can add somebody with that exception if they want to. Uh, it's going to be pricey for them. They would have to pay the tax. But that's something that they would probably, like it would be the best way to kind of bolster their roster, I think, their bench rotation, is if they added some veteran for a, a larger amount that is already under contract with some other team that is trying to get some roster flexibility, some salary cap room. Uh, the best version of this would be Kelly Oubre. The next best version is probably Justin Holiday, But there are other guys like Alec Burks, like a Tory Craig from the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Hamadou Diallo, I guess, kind of fits into that. Tybal definitely fits into that. So there are ways that Denver could do this. But they've got to be aggressive. And they've got to be this kind of aggressive. They've got to think smart. They've got to be creative. There are definitely some concerns I have with the creativity of the roster. It hasn't, hasn't felt like they've gone above and beyond in trying to make this thing the best thing that it could be. I'm a little bit worried. That has been kind of the theme over the course of Tim Connolly's tenure, but also now Calvin Booth's, is that they haven't really been creative with what, they, with what they've done. They're going to have to start because they're very expensive. They are not maneuvering their starters now. They are only maneuvering their bench. So you got to get creative. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about Kevin Durant and also some other major free agency signings that happened today. We'll be right back.
back, Pickaxe and Roll, final segment here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Man, I can't be can't believe they signed DeAndre Jordan. Honestly, like that's uh, it's kind of wild that that they did that. Actually, um, he was he was really hurtful for all the teams that he played for this year on the court. Uh, he wasn't able to play in the playoffs. He wasn't able to really contribute to the Lakers when when he was there. And then for the Sixers, they were counting down the minutes until they could put Paul Reed into their rotation. Uh, Sixers fans were. They were so upset that DeAndre Jordan was playing over Paul Reed. It was unbelievable. I think we're going to probably see a similar thing here. And that's, I don't want to say those things. I don't want to act like that. I, I'd like to think that the Nuggets have a better plan than what I'm talking about here. But all evidence sort of seems to point to the contrary. It's pretty disappointing. All right. Let's talk about um, some of the other deals that happened today. Bradley Beal goes back to Washington for a five-year, $251 million deal. Not really surprising. Him, Monte Morris, Will Barton, going to be the the lead perimeter trio. And DeLon Wright went there. I forgot that. That's actually a really good move for them where he can kind of be the lead defensive guard. Monte's kind of the lead facilitator. Bradley Beal's the lead scorer, and Will Barton's the secondary scorer. That's a it's a good thing. They're they're building something okay. Like we'll we'll see what they do, but it feels pretty competent what they're doing there now. Um Jalen Brunson, he signed a deal worth four year or uh, four years worth $104 million to play for the New York Knicks. Now, like I mentioned, this makes Dallas worse. I'm not sure what Dallas is going to do. They they are in a really big pickle when it comes to playmakers. I am not sure who they're Next guard up is in their rotation. Is it Trey Burke? Uh, right now, maybe it's Goran Dragic. He's currently playing with Luka Doncic for the Slovenian national team as they prepare for Euro Cup. Uh, it, it probably is Goran, actually. But is that good enough? Is, is Goran good enough to really do what they need him to do? Oh, it's actually – oh, you know who it is? It's Spencer Dinwiddie. I forgot that. That is my fault. Spencer Dinwiddie is there. He'll be there – secondary playmaker, and then maybe Goran Dragic comes as a tertiary guy. Maybe they're fine. But signing Jalen Brunson to a $26 million contract per year, that is uh, that is tough. That is not something I would have done. Uh, Miles Bridges currently remains unsigned, and he probably will remain unsigned. I, I doubt that the Hornets actually sign him now. It would be, I think, PR suicide at this point. Uh, Anthony Simons goes for four years, a hundred million. That's a, that's a big deal. He's going to start next to Damian Lillard. They have Jeremy Grant there. They, they're going to bring back Yusuf Nurkic for a deal. And I think they have Josh Hart as their, their small forward. So we'll see what they do. They are, they're going to be a good talented offensive team. That's for sure. Whether they're good enough defensively, I, I, I have my doubts, um, Bobby Portis goes back to Milwaukee for a deal. Kyle Anderson goes to the Minnesota Timberwolves from the Memphis Grizzlies to the T-Wolves. Kyle Anderson's good. He's definitely a good solid player and he fits what the T-Wolves are trying to do. Good playmaker. The T-Wolves have some good playmakers themselves, but sometimes you need playmaking from other positions. And Cat, he is somebody that He's going to benefit from having a guy like Kyle Anderson run pick and rolls with him. That should be interesting. He might start over Jared Vanderbilt and Jalen McDaniels, actually. 
That's uh, or Jaden McDaniels, excuse me. It's a uh, that's a good match there. Tyus Jones sticks with Memphis. Mo Bamba sticks with Orlando for some reason. Not really sure there. PJ Tucker, as we mentioned earlier, goes to Philly. Victor Oladipo stays with Miami. Lou Dort he signed for a five-year, eighty-seven point five million dollar contract extension. Actually, it might have been an extension. It might have been a. Actually, I think it was officially an extension. But he, they turned him into a restricted free agent, so maybe it's not. Um, I think it depends on when they signed the contract, whether it was now or if it's tomorrow, uh, July 1st. Malik Monk goes to the Kings. Gary Harris was stays with Orlando like Mo Bamba. That's an interesting one. Gary gets two years, $13 million per year. Denver could only average uh, seven per year for him. That's uh, that's all that they could really offer. So not really surprised that he's staying there, though I do think the second year is probably not guaranteed for him. So he might be on the market next year again. So keep an eye on that. Nicholas Batum stays with the, the Clippers. The Clippers are going to be really, really good, uh, though they did lose Isaiah Hartenstein, who is going to the Knicks. So they have Jalen Brunson at the one. Looks like Isaiah Hartenstein at the five. Julius Randle at the four, R.J. Barrett at the three, I guess, and then somebody else in the backcourt. Maybe it's Emmanuel Quickly. Maybe it's Alec. Oh, no, they traded Alec Burks. I'm not sure who their other guy is going to be. That's a, that was a, a conversation for another day, though. Uh, but they are an extremely mid-team. That is, a, is not what I would want for the Nuggets. Um... Kevon Looney remains unsigned. John Wall remains unsigned, though. It looks like both of those guys are going back to their respective teams. Otto Porter's definitely going somewhere else, if I if I have to guess. And Otto Porter would be a good target for Denver. Uh, they couldn't necessarily get the right pieces at the defensive wing spots. And if, if Gary Payton II falls through, if Bruce Brown falls through, I would give an offer to Otto Porter. I'd also give an offer to Dante DiVincenzo. TJ Warren, guys like that. All three of those guys would be extremely helpful if Denver kind of has their other options fall through here. Um, but yeah, we're just going to see. I'm not sure how this is going to go for the Nuggets. I can already sort of see the dialogue here. Denver's made two trades this offseason, two, two financial trades. And both of them can be classified as financial trades rather than getting better. Unfortunately, because until they use that taxpayer MLE, until they use the money that they help generate, then they are going to look pretty dumb. Because they turned Jamichael Green, Monte Morris, and Will Barton into Peyton Watson, Kentavious Caldwell Pope, and Ish Smith. And I'm not sure that's an upgrade. I'm just not, especially not in the short term. I know KCP is an upgrade over Will, and I, I feel strongly about that. But Denver did get worse talent-wise. And that is a pretty scary thing when it comes to betting on this team to win a title going forward. It's hard to bet on this team to win a title. I'm not sure I would. Actually, well, that's not true. I did. I did bet on them after they traded for KCP. And lo and behold, they don't really have anybody else in the docket right now. We will see if that sticks. We'll see if that stays. Uh, I am not sure it will. But this is why the sun will always come up tomorrow. We'll uh, 
We will have to look upon this uh, with a new light tomorrow, hopefully. Maybe Denver gets another center. Maybe they get somebody else that plays over DeAndre Jordan, and, and Jordan is just their third center on the roster, which would be fine. There's nothing wrong with that if they didn't already have uh, spots kind of burned for, for Vlaco and Peyton Watson here, but we're going to see. We're going to see what they do for now. That'll do it for this episode of Pick Action Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. I guess I forgot to talk about Kevin Durant asking a trade. Uh, yeah, that happened today. That's uh, that's sort of a thing that, that happens. So we'll talk about that on another podcast. Maybe that's tomorrow's topic. But for now, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support. As always, like I said, I'll be back tomorrow. Maybe there will be some more moves. Maybe things will crystallize a little bit more. But until then, I'll talk to you guys very soon.